The Mets bowled over the Dodgers Saturday and Sunday, leaving Los Angeles with a series split to start their 10-game West Coast trip. I know you love bowling humor, Figgy, being that you take a bowling class every week. A bowling class. I'm in a bowling league. But we will react to Sunday's 10-inning win using Lugo over six outs from Diaz, McGill's upcoming return, and Medina's first save as the Mets have the best record in the National League. Oh, it feels good to be striking other teams out of the picture. Plus, we take a trip to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy and the first edition of Stump the Baldy. That's me. All that and more is next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. That's lined in the left field and coming on Taylor reaches down, can't get it, he boosts it away. Alonzo's gonna score. JD trying for two. The throw by Bellinger, not in time, and the Mets have the lead back. One two coming. He struck him out, and the ball game is over. Medina with his first major league save, and the Mets win it five to four. Ooh, welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here, alongside my co-host, former Mets pitcher, and I think he did win an Emmy Award back in the day. Two Emmy Awards, he lets me know. That would be <laughs> Nelson. Figueroa, freshly cut. I'm seeing it in person, the haircut for the first time. It looks solid. You know, there's a couple of, you know, maybe mishaps on the side there, but otherwise, a couple of alfalfa moments, (laughs) which we've all had, but otherwise, it looks good. First time seeing it in studio in our palatious New York Post studios here in Midtown, Manhattan, New York City. Those highlights you heard, courtesy, of course, of SNY. As the Mets Figgy take the series split, we will not have a guest, but we will have a trip to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. And you remember the show Stump the Schwab with Howie Schwab, a guy who knew his sports trivia. We will do Stump the Baldy, a.k.a. me, on Mets Trivia. Producer here, Andrew Hartz, will feed me some questions and see if I can get them. But we joke to start the show with some bowling humor as the Mets split with the Dodgers and Figgy, the New York Mets, have the best record in the National League. Boy, it feels good to be a gangster. It is feeling good right now to have the best record, Figgy. And this is a preview of the playoffs, and it was a series we were all looking forward to because we were thinking this is the NLCS. On paper, this is what the matchup will be. We got a sample, and the Mets were resilient, winning two of these four games, Figgy. And it came with a few headaches along the way. But with the injuries and the adversity this team's battled, I think you will gladly, still with an eight-and-a-half game lead, take Two out of four. Oh, without a doubt. You split that series, and especially after you lose the first two games with your starters, you know, being of the higher caliber, and then you go off and you have Trevor Williams and David Peterson going back to back. Just how we wrote it up. We're shaping up to possibly be ugly. You know, if you lose three out of four, again, that's a barometer check that we keep saying because they are the, the gold standard and Dodgers are in the National League. 
But in the Mets, besides being very resilient, they just continue to impress up and down the lineup, playing small ball, understanding that it's not one swing that's going to get them back in a ball game, but several swings. It's passing the baton and having the confidence and the faith that the guy behind you understands his role in this whole thing. And would you love to see more home runs? Sure. But I am a huge fan of the small ball Mets where they're able to take advantage of what is being given to them. You had a guy like Gratterall who I think he almost doubled his ERA, you know, just facing the Mets in those last two games. That's something that doesn't happen every day. A guy who throws 103 mile an hour sinkers and the Mets have a plan. They have an attack for him, which wasn't the Mets last year. You know, they would swing from the edge of their seats and try and hit the ball deep and they would strike out a ton. This team is different, man. And we've said that from the beginning. And you love to see everybody being able to take part in a victory. And they give props to each other. J.D. Davis's interview after the game, you know, he thanked everybody. I think from the front office to Buck, all the way down to Medina, and saying how nasty he is and, you know, to step up in that big of a role to bail out uh, Seth Lugo is an incredible moment for the team. It's something definitely you can continue to build on. Gratterall was not keeping the Mets up at night, although it did uh, in college for some people. Uh, there's one. And then Holy funky God. cold Medina. Medina Matata. Hakuna Medina. <laughs> Hakuna Medina. I like that. Hakuna Medina. Now, that was me getting ready for a rant today. But then, of course, as these 2022 Mets keep on doing, and as Buck Showalter keeps making a mistake and then following it up by not making a mistake or the team backing him up, not using Edwin Diaz there for six outs was perplexing to me. S-A-T word, Jake. Perplexing. Three syllables. Because, listen, he got through the heart of the order. We were surprised he came in the eighth inning for like the first time. If he's in the eighth inning, he should be staying in for the ninth. Will Smith slapped Seth Lugo in the face, Hollywood style, did it in Hollywood. And Figgy, they end up winning. But what do you think of that? I thought it was a terrible move. It obviously backfired. On 15 pitchers, I thought Diaz, who said after the game he was fine to pitch the ninth. It wasn't an injury thing. It wasn't a pitch count thing. It was just Buck Showalter thing. I thought that was a mistake. Yeah, everything can be a mistake in hindsight, right? If it worked out and Seth Lugo gets the third out where the, the Dodgers were down to their last pitch, that's something that's just so different about Lugo this year and as compared to years past. He had been so consistent and somebody that you always wanted to see more of. Now everybody's clamoring for less of Seth Lugo. Tell me and, what you saw in the video that, that you thought was a big reason for why he was uh, been struggling. The inconsistency to me is since the injury and coming back, he has shortened up his arm path. And what that means is when you get your hands together and you come in the set, you pull your hand out of the glove. Here's a ball to demonstrate. There's a very, it, it, it's not even a ball thing. It's just a mechanical thing of how far down you let your arm swing. His normal arm path, if you go back to his uh, 2020 season, 2019 season, big, long arm path that helps to generate speed. It's also a timing mechanism. Now he has a much shorter arm path. And it's not working. The, the pitches are moving differently on him. They're not staying as true. So his 95-96, it's still there. But the ball's having run to it now. And there's more movement to it where the ball's going over the plate. That's what happened with Will Smith's pitch. And that's also what happened with a game uh, tying hit. It leaked right back over the plate. It was supposed to be a fastball inside. It's something that was noticeable instantly to me because it looked awkward. I said, that's not the Seth Lugo I know. And I went back and looked at the video on YouTube of 2019 and 2020. And he used to have this big, long, fluid 
motion. And now that he shortened it up, you're seeing a guy who's struggling with command because if you look at probably the metrics of it, it's maybe higher spin rate. It may be, you know, the same velocity and it may feel to him like it's less effort to do it, but the movement is different. The balls are leaking back over the plate. The ball's not staying true with the backspin staying behind the ball and putting it right where he wants. So for our video viewers, let's get a demonstration. You could move the mic, just don't knock it over. I want you to stand and show us the the arm slot, the kinetic chains of how this works here. This could be a good demonstration here with the mic. Talk, yeah, there you go. It's very simple. If you're looking at it, and here he is with the baseball, when he pulls his hand out of his glove, normally it would go all the way down below his waist. It's a circular, circular motion where you're trying to generate arm speed, but you're storing all that energy as you take it out from behind, and you start to store that energy, and then you make the transfer from front to back, you're trying to throw this baseball and get it on time with the release point out there. Now he's taking the ball out of his glove, and he's only pulling it down about halfway, just pulling his elbow back. So he's just rocking his elbow back, which makes it very short arm action, picks it up by his ear, and it's still 95-96, but the ball has now some side motion that the ball's running back over the plate, where normally when you have this nice long arm path, when you're on time, you stay behind the ball, and the ball stays truer and spins straighter towards the plate. Should we be sending that to Jeremy Hefner? Like, is, is this something that easily is fixable, and we'll, how does he fix it? Point is, is that he's probably been working on shortening that arm path because there's a lot of researchers. And one of one of my good friends who uh, came up with me with the Phillies, he's one of the co-creators of this pocket whip and stick um, idea and concept. That Ooh. His name is Dave Coggin. He was a first-round draft pick with the Phillies, and he was often injured. And he figured out this way that the way that quarterbacks move their arms, it's, it's more like a quarterback in the, in the pocket when he drops back and he pulls his elbow back to then throw the football. They don't have the big long arm swing and they throw the ball just as hard as anybody else. Most quarterbacks have been drafted to play Major League Baseball because they have strong arms and throwing from a mound or a shortstop, they're 96 miles an hour. The mechanics of throwing a football are a lot more efficient to throwing the ball and getting rid of it on time. And so that's what this transfer has been over the last two years to three years, I would say, where you're seeing these increases in velocities, but these guys aren't as accurate with their stuff. So you're losing something, you're gaining something, but you're also losing something at the same time. And when you're doing it during a season, it's very difficult to compete that way because you feel like you're doing everything right, but you see the movement on the ball and you can see Lugo's reactions to things. Like he looks like he's confused out there as why the ball is moving so much sideways and not staying as true as before. Quarterback Jake Plummer will be on next week's podcast, <laughs> Hearts, your, your favorite player to mention. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I didn't, you know, when you see the video, you notice that. So we'll see if they make adjustments. We'll see if they listen to Amazing But True and, and get, take uh, your advice. I'll, I'll do a little bit more than that. I'll make a phone call. Yeah, make a phone call and uh, as long as you get credit on a broadcast or something as Howie Rose has given you for getting designated for assignment more than uh, than who is the pitcher the terrible Mets pitcher well, uh, why is he gonna be J terrible guy? Jared Eikhoff <laughs> oh, I just had a nightmare again you gave me less nightmares than Jared yeah, Eikhoff I, I would can hope confirm so. that I would hope so uh, but Medina Hakuna Medina I mean listen the picture is cool where he celebrates because his chain is literally over his ear I love a guy who wears a chain as, as someone who wears a chain with my Rainforest Cafe uh, button down that I got at the thrift shop Saturday. One of my favorite purchases now of all time. I love a guy that walks a chain. He had a chain over his ear. What is Medina good at that can make him a big part of this bullpen? Because 
you know, the Mets need arms to step up. If Luka's going to struggle, if guys are going to start to struggle, if they're going to start expose Drew Smith, a guy like Medina could play a, a, an important role. And he did on a, in a game to get a series split on Sunday. And what was just a one run game because the Mets could have tacked on. They had the unfortunate double play to end the top of that extra inning, but Medina saved the day. Yeah. What you're hoping for from this is his confidence. He faced the heart of the lineup um, ran through them uh, and, and did a fantastic job of avoiding uh, hard contact. It's one of those things where a guy who is not well known, he has the advantage. Listen, he throws hard at 95. It, it, the movement, which was a very awkward movement, like the ball was moving like a slider, reminded me of Mejia when Mejia first came up to the big leagues. And, um, you know, he went from double A right to the big leagues. I remember spring training, he's throwing these fastballs that are 96, but they don't stay straight. They just had these nasty cutting action movements. You look at that last pitch, it looks like a breaking ball, and it's 95 miles an hour. He misses his target by a whole plate and a half, but all's well that ends well, right? So what you're looking for him is being able to harness this celebratory save opportunity and hope that we don't see a lot more of them because that means Diaz would be in trouble. And you hope that you know Lugo gets his stuff right and Medina, would he be a huge part? Who knows? Um, but you love the fact that in a season like what everything that's happening in 2022 that he is a part of it and at least can be someone that they can rely upon if they need further services down the road but you knows? just want him to be a guy that's beyond mop-up duty really and if he can do that that's big and listen the Mets still need another arm we're gonna mm-hmm. we'll keep saying every week they're needed arm you know there's rumors that catcher wise maybe they're in the market uh for Contreras to the Cubs I know that's something we we've mentioned before Contreras having a good year the Mets could use another catcher we'll see when McCann gets back but McCann is a hit I think if you could do it for the right package, a guy who's going to be a free agent, again, it's only going to be a rental. That's why you don't want to give up a top prospect to get Contreras. They but, already have a guy, though. Yeah, well, we'll see. The the, the word is Alvarez is not coming up this year. There's experts who say he's the best prospect in baseball right mm-hmm. now. And if we don't see him this year, it seems like a lock that he's going to be on this team at some point next season. Maybe he becomes a starter. Maybe you don't trade for Contreras. But I think the real needs here are another arm. Maybe you don't need a starter. Tyler McGill made a rehab start on Sunday. Five Ks, three and two-thirds, two runs, two hits, 53 pitches. Maybe he gets one more. But it looks like Figgy McGill, who's throwing 98 on Sunday, could be back with his team within the next week. Trevor Williams is out, who pitches well again on Sunday. Been a solid fill-in, but those kind of guys get exposed, and I think you'd rather have him be that long man. Maybe, unfortunately, for Medina, that means he's on the way out and Trevor Williams takes his spot. But good to have McGill on the path back. Jacob DeGrom started throwing. We expect him to be back maybe around the 4th of July. He'll get at least, what, three to five rehab starts, you would think, and they'll start off slow with a couple innings and expand from there. But by the next week, it should be Bassett, Walker, Carrasco, McGill, Peterson. Peterson wasn't great, but again, I mean, Steve Cohen said of Figgy. He said, usually I would tune out when we're losing and there's no way to come back. Now you can't turn the TV off. Mm -hmm. These Mets fight back. They did it against Saturday. Pete Alonzo, I mean, he's got to be in the MVP conversation. He is just fantastic. Two homers on Saturday. Starling Marte's been great. Lindor's now up to 260. Eduardo Escobar looks like he might be out of a slump. Mm -hmm. He had a big sack fly on Sunday, but you know, the Mets are starting to hit 
despite a couple of cold days Thursday and Friday, it's almost like they needed those. It's like this team needed adversity and losing a couple in a row after you, you know, cakewalk against the Phillies and Nationals with sweeps was kind of good for this team. And I think this was a very productive series split for the Mets before they head to San Diego. San Diego? Diego. I try to say Diego and Diego in one and uh, had a stroke. Uh, (laughs) The Padres and the Angels coming up. This was nice to uh, split with the Dodgers here. Yeah, and and we we keep harping on exactly what this team is made of. It's made of veterans. It's the oldest team in baseball for a reason. You have a manager like Buck Showalter. And by the way, we also have to bring up the whole Buck Showalter knowing the rules. Oh, yes, yes. How did I forget that? I mean, I mean unbelievable. Is, did you know that rule? You know, I knew of. You do it because you've been coaching I teams knew, that have been I down by 10 runs. So it was funny because I didn't see the game at the time, and I just saw the Sports Center highlight, and you could see Buck just hanging over the rail and going, it's got to be six runs. Here's my situation. We were at Ugly Duckling, quacking our way through some uh, vodkas, and we're, I'm like, what is going on here? What's this delay? And I mm-hmm. tweet, everyone's tweeting. That that was the rule. Figgy, that's dumb. Come on. Like, one, it's dumb that the Dodgers in a five-run game are, are using a position player. But it's even dumber that you can't use one when it's five or less because I feel like that's a fun part of baseball when you see an infielder throwing 62 miles. I mean, it's it's what Doc Gooden's going to be. His velocity <laughs> on old-timers game is what we're going to see. But I feel like that's kind of a, I don't know, I can't even say outdated rule, but it's a rule that doesn't make a lot of sense. But well, Buck, again, outsmarting the umpire. You're looking at baseball now in a very strange way where you're seeing four times a week position players pitching now in, in these games that are getting out of hand because everything's tailored for the offense, right? You want more offense. They've, they've got bigger bases. They're trying to do everything to make the offenses click because that's what sells tickets. People want to see offensive-minded games. Pitching has still gotten better and better every year. You're seeing more strikeouts. You're seeing the ability for these guys to throw the ball harder with tighter spins and everything else. So uh, I think we're at a break point here where those old-fashioned things like a Buck Walter who has been been through all these situations before that he knows the rule book without having to go look for the rule book really is a breath of fresh air because you know that would have got overlooked by you know the last two managers and no fault no fault of theirs but you haven't experienced it that was a reason why guys like me and we were in the minor leagues they told us 500 innings so you can experience everything the ups downs uh, when things go right when things go wrong how to get through a cold streak how to deal with a uh, you know having a good five starts in a row and then you get bombed how do you deal with that so they don't want to learn that lesson at the big league level we saw that with steven matz he came to the big leagues rather quickly and he kept saying you know and year four the game was speeding up on him and he had to get a mental skills coach to help him so those are the kinds of things that you can see Buck Showalter is just his guidance for this team is like they know no stone is unturned that this guy has done it all. And there's just a, a whole sense of this team that, you know what, no matter what the score is, hey, just keep with the approach, keep with the at bats, you know, whoever's coming in the pitch, we got their back. There, there's a cohesiveness like never before. And this is something that we said for like the last few years. Without having a team captain, you feel like, you know, who's the real leader in the clubhouse? It's undoubtable the leader in the clubhouse is Buck Showalter, and he doesn't even have to be in the clubhouse for these guys to have that peace of mind that the leadership is there. And he says it was the umpires that notified him. He didn't notify. I still think it was him. I still think he knew. Although if you're if you're the other manager, you don't want to tell them the rule because you want the position player to pitch so you can score more runs. Because, you know, we could use the more insurance. It still, it still messes up because you want to waste another bullpen guy for the next game, which wound up maybe coming into play. That's a valid point. That's, that's a good that's point. That's the yeah. whole reason why the manager sometimes will put out a guy as a decoy. Buck does it again. The Mets split the series. They got... 
you know, a bizarre week here because these start times are getting out of hand. <laughs> I mean, you, you need to really look up. Listen to this. So Monday at the Padres, we'll see Carrasco. By the way, 6-1 and one versus Snell. Good pitching matchup. That was cool. Carrasco's dad there, which for the mm-hmm. first time, which is crazy when you think about it. He's been yeah, around for a while, years. and he hadn't been there. So that was fun to watch that. But 940 at San Diego. And glad I didn't end up going with this Ranger playoff run because I was planning to do this whole West Coast trip and did not expect the New York Rangers to be two wins from the Stanley Cup Finals. You can hear about that on Up in the Blue Seats podcast. 940 Tuesday, Shameless plug. 940 Wednesday. Listen, you got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Thursday is an off day. And then Friday, listen to this. So we go from 940, 940, 940 to Thursday at the Rangers game. Friday at the Angels, 938. Saturday at the Angels, 1007 and then Sunday at the Angels 708. Can we make up a f- exact time? I mean, what are you doing here? I mean, 938, 940, 1007, 708. Figgy, the schedule make I mean, this is almost like the Yankees game at 11 a.m. on Sunday. People are still sleeping in the game. People, I'm like, it's the third inning. I'm like, it's only 12 o'clock. When did this game start? What is it, Patriots Day in New England? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's, the, it's a, the London games in the NFL. Remember that? And the games are starting in the middle of the middle of the night, almost yeah. 7 o'clock in the morning. People are 10 mimosas deep, and Blake Bortles is throwing in <laughs> his third interception of the half. Yeah, no, the, the, that's one of the things that you, you – find that every stadium, every team kind of has their ability to control that start time. And some of them are sponsored by certain, you know, venues. Like we used to have one 707 because 711 had sponsors. So what I could get said, down for that if you're giving out Slurpees at the game. We that's said, fine. why didn't you have it at 711 then instead of yeah. 707? What's How hard is that? Duh. But it, it, there's a whole bunch of things that go behind it. And especially when you're in the entertainment district of uh, Los Angeles, you find that they find ways to just – do whatever the hell they want to do I mean, do that's there. Kanye West starting a concert at 8.08. I mean, his stadium is going to be 8.08 p.m. All right. Well, good luck to finding out when the first pitch is. Uh, just keep SMY on your TV like an hour before and hope you know when the first pitch is going to come. All right. Well, later in the show, we'll have Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. We'll have Stump the Baldy, where Hearts will give me Mets trivia and see what I could get. But let's go into next here on Amazing But True Chicken Nuggets. Mm. The poutine was out of cheese. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, this segment sponsored by Chicken Nuggets. It's literally just, just Mets Nuggets. Chicken just Nuggets. Straight up, because that's what we eat every week, Chick-fil-A, uh, getting the chicken strips. So Mets Nuggets for the week. You know, as I bite into my nuggets, Max Scherzer's dog bit into his hand. Mm-hmm. That's why Max Scherzer had to come out and say this. He said, this will have no effect on my rehab, and it's literally a non-story. My dog, Raffia, hurt her leg in a run. She was howling in pain. went to calm her down by putting my hands on her. When I did, she bit my right hand. Fortunately, it wasn't a bad bite. I took a day off throwing and was able to toss the next day. So you have your cats bite you all the time. We Our <laughs> old friend Sarah McCrory had like her face clawed off by her cats. So you <laughs> have experience with this. You can experience as a baseball player who's got bit and a human being who's got bit. By Listen, nine, 99% of the time you have already learned to do things with your left hand when there's any kind of danger involved if you're a pitcher. We have guys all the time that are out there throwing the football around. They want to try to make a one-hand catch. Do it with your damn left hand. Don't do it with your right hand. 
you want to avoid any kind of opportunity of injury, but you know, it's a family pet and he felt like, you know, he can console her and you know, bit the hand that feeds him. <laughs> there you go. There Look you at go. that dad joke. And I can't say dogs are better than cats this time. Cause it was a literally dog that did it. Hey, God, he's fine. He's I'm, fine. I'm team dogs and the dogs aren't helping my favor here. Dom Smith is a dog, but he's got sent to AAA. I think it was time. I think maybe he gets a swing back. Unfortunately, his trade value right now, I think he's at an all-time low. And it, it, this topic comes up because they're playing the Padres this week. I was not one that was in, would have been infuriated by that trade that you know that Hosmer came out. Hosmer and Paddock. Hosmer, Paddock, and Pagan, who's been a solid reliever, who probably helped this team. Paddock's been nothing, but Hosmer's hitting 300. Hosmer's DH, maybe you don't end up making a trade for another bat if they do that deal. That deal looks a whole lot better for the Mets now that Dom Smith has AAA, but, you know, likable guy, but you can't be in the big leagues at 180 no matter what your playing time is. And I know emotionally, mentally, it was probably hitting him, but I think the Mets had to do that, and he had an option left for them to do it. This regime is also different, right? They're, they're not playing favoritism. They're not, you know, checking the pulse of the fans. They're doing what they have to do to continue to win ball games. They're mm-hmm. trying to put the best 26, 27, depending on the doubleheader or whatnot, the trying to put the best 26 players in uniform and Dom Smith at the time he'll be the first one to tell you he wasn't doing or making the most of his opportunities you know you always kind of feel like when things are going well you want to have more opportunities when things are going poorly it's like the the rarity of getting out there and starting a game and it's like oh well I'm really not a left fielder no you've been playing left field for three years now you know it's not because you're not playing first base that you're not hitting Mm -hmm. so yeah you know we we wish him well I, I he's a he's a Real good stand-up guy that you want to see do well. You want to see him have the opportunity to do it. Sometimes you got to take a step back. I mean, that's still a thing. It, it, it shouldn't be like frowned upon like when these guys go for a little bit of more seasoning, a little bit more development. Maybe he was trying a new swing. We see all these guys with these new techniques of doing things. He might have been trying a new swing. Might have went to go see J.D. Martinez's hitting guru in California and tried to get more power. That, that happens to a lot of guys. So whatever it is, Dom Smith's too good of a hitter to be hitting what he was hitting. Bottom line is this. He goes down there, no pressure, gets his swing right, and, you know, he'll be back up here to help him. It'll be, again, like the Mets have made a trade. And when you make a trade to come back in July and you may have a guy like Dom Smith's bat and glove coming up for you, you got DeGrom, you got Scherzer. I mean, you're looking at an abundance of riches where and normally we would be panicking and going off the deep end about these things. This new regime has put this team in a place to contend, even though they don't have their best. The mm-hmm. Johan Santana ceremony. Very underwhelming at the game on Tuesday where his son, I get the story. It's cool. It's your son. Maybe he's a future big leaguer throwing out the first pitch. Johan should have thrown that to Josh Tolley. You brought Josh Tolley out there. He should be catching Johan's pitch. It's a moment. Just kind of, they just showed a video. It's just, I love how the Mets are embracing alumni. I love how the Mets even did this. Mm-hmm. But I, I was hoping for something more. I just had to throw that in there on Tuesday. Would have liked Johan. You know, they relive a moment. You know, Orozco throws it mm-hmm. to Gary, and, and that's a moment. I, I felt like the Mets didn't do that much justice. And they did it the day before he did it. I get Wednesday's a 1 p.m. game and less fans are there. But I, I don't understand the 10-year anniversary and doing it the day before you could have actually did it. 2006, the chant that lit up Metsland was, Jose, 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 Jose. A new chant has emerged at City Field that I noticed this week in right field. 
Marte, 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 Marte. And as the fans were doing it, he was conducting them like my Peter Horton, I think my high school uh, <laughs> marching band director, Mr. Horton, shout out to Mr. Horton. Whoa, 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 whoa. Was whoa, conducting whoa. the band. You knew I was in marching band. Oh, no, no. No, no. We, we didn't know enough about this marching band, Jake. And what? Was your instrument of choice? Uh, I played the clarinet for a while. And then my sophomore year, I switched to the tenor sax. The transition, like uh, going from a third baseman to a pitcher, was very difficult for me. Because <laughs> I <laughs> couldn't remember the steps and the notes. So I would just remember the steps because there's times where you crash into people. And you end up throwing up on a Saturday afternoon because you only had Pop-Tarts in the morning. And, uh, <laughs> and, and How is this not a segment? <laughs> How is this done? Marching Band Chronicles. I used to mimic the conductor at the uh, at the Marching Band Boutique or Bouquet, whatever it's called, <laughs> Boutique they had every year. I went up to all the parents and Mr. Horton himself and made fun of how he conducted because he would sweat and lose his mind. Anyways. Back to uh, Marte and, and back to Marte. the fact that he was conducting the crowd. That, that, that's He's a- lovable, Figgy. I love this guy. The fans love this guy. He's very, he throws balls, he conducts, he gives the fan, like he's very in tune with the fan base yep. and that's a good sign of his first season. He's backing up hitting since he went on the, the bereavement list mm-hmm. when he unfortunately lost his grandma. He's been great and he's a likable guy the fans are on board and i'm on board with the marte 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 yeah he gets it because i'll tell you what you learn from playing in pittsburgh the fans are everything while your team is not doing well the fans still came out and supported that team i, I never forget that while i was there it had been like 11 straight years not because i was there but <laughs> at that point 11 straight years that they were finishing under 500 and how what did they do they didn't moan about it. They made a bobblehead, a Charlie Brown bobblehead in the black and yellow shirt, very famous of Charlie Brown, because what is he known as? The lovable loser. Everybody kind of embraced it. He had learned from that. Playing left field in that ballpark is very huge, and the fans are right there on top of you. You interact. You talk. You you know, you you pass the time by uh, trying to be more likable than to be somebody that just ignores people the whole time, and then you get things thrown at you and, you know, cursed at. Get more bees with honey. And with vinegar, that's yeah. what it is. Is that a saying? I have Burt's bees. I was about to pull out of my pocket. Get the, the uh, apply some chapstick here. Uh, they're not sponsoring you, Jake. Stop. Can you guys send me some Every chapstick. Freaking time he puts his chapstick on. We got to hear about it. Anyways, you know, speaking of guys who might get booed, the Mets will finally face him. Noah Syndergaard. The Angels this weekend. Looking forward to that. He's been getting pounded since he made fun of the Mets. No combined, no hitter. He's been terrible. And you don't really root for guys to fail, but I'm rooting for him to fail. <laughs> I'm not rooting for him to do well. The Angels lost 10 games in a row. You know, some of those games coming against Joe Girardi mm. and the Phillies. Or should I say, no Joe Girardi. How about that? Do you think that was too early, the right time? We mentioned about last week he was on the hot seat after the sweep to the Mets. You know, he made some questionable managerial decisions. How about Girardi being gone? Do you think this maybe sparks the Phillies, or are they already finished? Well, that's what you're looking for it to, to happen, right? You're looking for, for that to happen because the team is too many talented hitters in the field. Um, but for a, a team that is, you know, setting themselves up for failure, it's been the bullpen from day one with Girardi. And they were one. swept, by the way. The Phillies swept the Angels, so the Angels didn't win those games. The Phillies swept. 3-0 yeah. three, three without Girardi. Yeah, well, that's what you're looking for is something to change and just see if it's the mindset. It's just uh, probably the message. 11, 12 games behind the Mets. That makes it very difficult to think you know it's even possible, but it all starts with that first series sweep for them against the Angels. Coming up next on the program, we play Stump the Baldy on Amazing But True.
I'm sorry. Earlier you said you were an encyclopedia. What? <laughs> All right, it's amazing but true. Our first installment of Stump the Baldy Nelson Figueroa there. Jake Brown here and our producer Andrew Hartz is going to give me Mets-themed trivia and see if he could stump the big fella, stump the baldy. We're going to have to come up with a better name for that. Segment, no, I like that. You like stump the baldy? Yeah, yeah stump uh, and baldy. Because you can't say stump the pod, father. That's dumb. Hearts, take it away. <laughs> How many do you got for me, five? All right, so I've got six, but I'm going to give you one cookie. So pack. Yeah, a little six-pack here. Cookies. So you're going to get a cookie question to start off. So it's going to be a literal cookie question. The Mets traded for Carlos Cookie Carrasco in 2021. Name two of the four players the Mets traded away. Andres Menes, who's hitting 307 with 24 ribby stakes and nine homers, I believe, who's killing it. And uh, Ahmed Rosario is the other one. There you go. Also, Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green. So Those two I would not have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to check out their stats. I have no idea what they're doing, but congrats to Jimenez. Listen, the Mets are winning, so I'm not that mad about that. All right, one for one. You got your cookie out of the way. Now we're going to get into it. The Mets swept the Chicago Cubs in the 2015 NLCS. Name three of the four starting pitchers who got the win in the games. Th- the three Mets starting pitchers, okay. Three of the four. Three of the four starting pitchers, 2006. Nope, nope, 15. 2015, sorry. 2015, so Noah Syndergaard. That's one. Jacob deGrom. That's two. Matt Harvey. That's three. You want to go for the fourth? It was a starting pitcher, the fourth one? Starting pitcher. Starting pitcher, 2015. Why am I forgetting that rotation right now? Off the top of my head. Who am I forgetting? You got it right already, so it's it's fine, but this is just a... Who is the fourth? Bartolo Colon. Oh, Bartolo Big sexy. was in the playoff starting. I forgot about that. He was, Did he go game four? Oh, it no, doesn't matter. Well, it's a big <laughs> contention thing. No, yeah. Bartolo came in relief. I forgot about that. All right, so I got two for two. Here we there go. There you go, two for two. Now we're getting a little tougher. What's Buck Showalter's full name? Oh, isn't it like Norman or something? William? What is it? That's your guess? Oh, it's like Norman. Stay off the computer. Stay off the computer. Some long. We can hear you. (laughs) No, no, no. We got video evidence here. In this this Google world. I thought it was Norman or William or something. His full name. Full name. Just How about just at first? What do we need a middle name for? He's got two names. Because it's an epic epic name. The nickname. I'm going to say William Norman. Close. You're not far off. William Nathaniel Showalter the third. That should be half credit for that. No. I've got William. <laughs> Zero credit. And I knew it was an N. It was Nathaniel, not Norman. All right. Two out of three. I could say two and a half out of three. All right. We're going to see how well you know your uh, podcast uh, co-host here. Mm. Nelson Figueroa pitched on six teams during his MLB career. Name all of them. All right. Started with the Diamondbacks, Phillies, Brewers, Pirates, Mets, and Astros. Yeah. <laughs> I like right. that? That's yeah. Right. Reel that off pretty easily. Look All right. That. Simple. All right. And a Taiwan as well. All right. Well, you know. <laughs> you know me sh- There's the extra credit. That makes up for not knowing Norman or Nathaniel. 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 Three and a half out of four. All right. Next one. Max Scherzer has two different color eyes. What is this medical condition called? Oh, it's some, like, long name. It's, like, Stathacopolis or something. <laughs> it's like my old Greek landlord's Jesus. name, George, Odysseus Georgiacopolis. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. A stethoscope. I don't know. Yeah, what. stethoscope. That's that's his, that's he has, exactly he has stethoscopes in his eyes. It's a long word, though, right? It is. Okay, I don't know it. Heterochromia. Heterochromia. Don't Heterochromia. tell the Tampa Bay Rays about that. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, too different. Heterochromia? Heterochromia iridum. 
I wouldn't got that if you paid me. Heterochromia. This is Spanish. Can we do that in the academy? <laughs> Medical. How do you academy. say this disease in Spanish? <laughs> exactly heterochromia. Like Iridum. Iridum. That's a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. All right, that's a ridiculous question, but fine, I'll get it wrong. I don't consider that name me- my one celebrity though. who has the same. Uh, Cyclops. I don't know. Cyclops. Cyclops. <laughs> that's only one eye. I that's one eye. It is an actor? Yes. They have the same disorder. He's a very famous actor. Uh, Christopher Walken. Yes. There you go. Hofstra, went to Hofstra grad school. There you go. Uh, all right. I'm at, I'll say I got that wrong. Three out of five out of five. That's a, <laughs> you did get it wrong. We get more Mets trivia, not eyeball trivia. That's, about, terrible the, that's about Max Scherzer. That's, but that's a long step. All right. whatever. All right. So, so this is <laughs> Heterocopolis. Here's your last question. Right. And, it, and it is, it, it's straight up Mets it's trivia. Right. Give me Mets. Okay. Everyone knows that Mr. Met is the official mascot of the Mets, along with Mrs. Met. Name the other two mascots the Mets have had in their history. Mm. Ah, I didn't realize that they had a wow. mascot. Ah. You, you know this? The Baldi. You don't know this. <laughs> the Baldi is having this stuff. game is in the Mets tree. You got mascots and eye diseases. <laughs> Come on. And names. Next time, all right, next time we're going to prepare actual oh, legit man. questions. These are legit <sighs> questions. One is an animal. The Highlanders, the, uh, the Highlanders. that's who the Yankees used to be. Uh, I don't know. I, I couldn't even have a get a dog. You're not far off. Uh, I mean, I mean, a Doberman. It, 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 it is a dog, a and puppy, one, a one poodle. Is a dog, one is a uh, an animal. A German Shepherd, a parrot, a no. flamingo. No, nope. just just gonna keep. I'm just naming, naming things off the sand. Off, <laughs> off, off, off your shirt, elephant. It's Homer the Beagle. Never knew that. What year was that? And metal the metal mule. The mule. What generation was this in? Nineteen sixty-two was it the first year? It, it is what it is. All right. Well, on non-mascot name questions, I was undefeated. Diseases questions. <laughs> on regular questions, I was all right. So I say I did a hundred percent normal. Next week you're gonna give me normal Mets trivia. Yeah, I don't know. Though. I thought I did well. Besides the absurd. Well, besides the cookie question and mm. something that happened seven years ago, okay. Unbelievable. All right, well, I'll take my three and a half out of six. Was that four and a half out of six? Sure, sure. I'll what take I, my, my whatever you got to tell 1600 yourself. on my SATs. <laughs> whatever helps you sleep at night. And we'll Jake. go to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy next on Amazed But True. Do you no see straws. why you have to fix apparently the priorities in your life? Yeah, do you, apparently do you understand what I'm saying here? Bienvenidos, mi gente. We are now entering the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Dieta restringida. Oh, my God. Dieta. Is that even Spanish? Oh, did I just roll my R? I think you rolled a T. It was awful. <laughs> Manejando borracho. Manejando borracho. <laughs> Why did it sound like you got zapped? Well, I'm trying to switch up the tongue rotations and mm. get it, get the tongue right. You got to believe. Tienes que creer. Tienes que creer. You make it sound so good. I just can't roll the R, but otherwise. Awful. Bore, tienes que creer. Amen. How do you say amen? Uh, you just said it. I can't remember this stuff. It is hard. You just say yes. We, uh, si. There you go. I knew you could do it. Bienvenidos, mi gente, a la Academia de Español del Nelson Figueroa. I love Jake's blank look. As I'm going to start saying your name like that. <laughs> Jake Brown here with Nelson Figueroa. Okay, first we're going to start out with the best team in the National League. That's going to be the phrase of the tell day. This is gonna be hard. No, no, I think you got this one. This one's pretty easy. Ready? No. El mejor equipo de la Liga Nacional. Right. One at a time here. <laughs> El mejor. 
Oh, whoa. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's not respectful. El mejor. El mejor. Equipo de la Liga. Equipo de la Liga Nacional. De la Liga Nacional. All right. El mejor. <laughs> el mejor equipo de Liga Nacional. Nacional. No, no, Nacional. There's no Steve S. Nacional. <laughs> <laughs> el mejor equipo de la Liga Nacional. El mejor equipo, el keep, equipo, el equipo. Yeah. El equipo? No, el mejor, el equipo, mejor equipo de la Liga Nacional. El mejor equipo de la Liga Nacional. That's better. Say uh, Nacional again. Nacional. Nacional. El mejor equipo de la Liga Nacional. <laughs> That is a tough one. <laughs> El mejor equipo de la Liga Nacional. Nacional. Let's see how you take a stab at hearts. Let's see if you have any Spanish in you. El mejor equipo de la Equipo, right? Not equipo. El. Equipo. El mejor equipo de la Liga Nacional. He had less trouble with Nacional than yeah. me. You, you're, you're a little tongue tied, bro. All right. All right. What's the word? And I cannot believe we've done so many shows and we still. Never, ever, ever thought of using chicken parm. Yeah. And the background cheers chicken after I had Parmesan. the biggest piece of chicken parm of all time on Sunday night. Shout out to Pazabote. <laughs> I need the Italian Academy to say their uh, name. Pazabote. So chicken parm in Spanish is. This is Parmesan, though, not parm. Yes. Not the word parm. is Parmesan. Yeah. Okay. Correct. So it's pollo a la parmesana. <laughs> why, why do you become golem all of a sudden? Precious. My, my precious. My precious Parmesan. <laughs> my precious Polo Parmesan. Now I'm Not Polo. Polo, how do you say it? Pollo. Pollo a la Parmesana. Pollo a la Parmesana. My precious Parmesana. My precious Pollo. How do you say my precious? Mi precioso. Mi precioso pollo a la parmesana. <laughs> pollo a la parmesana. See, that one's easy for you. you of know course. Why? Yeah, exactly. It's second like nature. That's right. It's in, in the bloodstream sleep, already. Literally. That's my <laughs> cholesterol is in the parmesana. <laughs> I am now Gollum, Yoda, and uh, Parmesana all in one. What a, what a day at the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. We'll close out this edition of Amazing But True next. It's already 50 degrees outside. <laughs> How are you going to get frozen water? It's already cold. All right, Figgy, that says goodnight to episode 107 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. You have gone 107 episodes with me. I don't know how you've done it. Thanks to you, Jake and Andrew Hartz, for producing the show. Give Amazing But True a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify and give us a follow as well on Twitter at Amazing But True. So Wally Backman had some comments when uh, Kelsey Whitmore was going to pitch against the Long Island Ducks, and apparently Kelsey had a scoreless inning against them. But unfortunately, Wally wasn't there. You know, 86 Met might be in the old-timers' day game related to the show, has been on the show, does not like Sandy Alderson. Sandy Alderson doesn't like him, (laughs) and he's made that known. But... He was not there to witness it, but Kelsey threw a scoreless inning on Sunday, right? On Sunday, she got out there, and uh, actually the last person that she got out in the inning to complete the task was former Met Alejandro de Aza. 
Ah, yes. One time met. So you guys get the last lap, but he didn't get to witness it. So we need to uh, make a trip to Long Island again with Wally is not sick and he's in they the They actually building. come to town this weekend. Next weekend we go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We, the Long Island Ducks at the stadium in Staten Island. Oh, Might be the game. Hearts. Should, be, should this be the one we, where Figgy throws me batting practice or <laughs> Kelsey throws me batting practice? This could be the one. All right. Well, sorry to you, Wally Backman, for that. And uh, you know, I spent $200 at the thrift store and other news on Saturday, which oh, is boy. an obscene amount. This is one of the shirts. Please uh, tell me you still had 199 after you bought that one. <laughs> this was like 20. I think they were all 20. I wore the other one, which was my favorite, on Saturday with hearts. It's kind of this red flowery shirt. Uh-huh. Got a lot of uh, compliments on that one. But uh, what do you think? This is theme. The Mets are playing in San Diego. I could wear this in the San Diego Zoo That's and true. look like I am employed there. That's true. And then at, at the other token, remember, did we ever show Jake's mom talking about his clothing and his attire? Oh, we didn't. The, That's going to be the web exclusive. That, the, the, fa- <laughs> the fact that he has ramen soup. He has ramen? <laughs> like, mom, I guess I don't. See, I can't. See, you have to limit things you post to Facebook because that's their source of knowing what's going on in your life. So if I were to post ramen pictures, I'm going to get a call. Jake, I, like 37 seconds later, Jake, I just saw you posted a ramen hoodie on your Facebook. Uh, <laughs> you have to return that. Mom, what do we send it back to Amazon or Taiwan? I don't even know where wait, I got it. Wish. Yeah, we'll send it to Wish. Oh, wait till she sees the home run crunch. Oh. It's it's so hot out that those I might wear that those shorts to the Rangers watch we, party tomorrow. Listen, you just warned me when you're wearing it because I don't want to be there. All right, I'll make sure to wear it when you least expect it, oh. and you'll see it. <laughs> so can't wait for that. Thanks to Andrew Hartz, Nelson Figueroa. I'm Jake Brown. Enjoy San Diego. Go to the Gas Lamp Quarter. You could hang out there and drink there, maybe meet, meet some ladies there. They also have scooters right around town. You can use them on Lyft. I don't know why I'm promoting this, but I really had a good time on electric scooters there. It's, it's fun. And good luck to the Mets there and against the Angels. And screw you, Noah Syndergaard. Hope you lose <laughs> to the Mets. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Amazing But True. We'll talk to you next Monday. And as always, let's, let's go, go Mets. In unison. Petit Please stop. <laughs> <laughs>